Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Notes, because I believe tonight is going to be a powerful night. Again, it's been a year and a half since we did a practical guide. And the question people are always asking is why deliverance? And I want to tell you why deliverance is so important, why deliverance is so significant, and why every single one of us should be doing deliverance. And the, the basic answer is because Jesus did it. Friend, understand Jesus did deliverance. And we are Christians. We are Christ on the earth. And one thing that Jesus said that we never talk about is if you love me, obey my commandments. Now, Jesus was not just talking about obeying the law or being not doing this or not doing that but Jesus was saying obey the things I've commanded you to do Jesus didn't ask them if they wanted to do it Jesus didn't suggest them it wasn't an option he sent the disciples out to cast out demons he's always sending us friend right now God has sent you if you're in your family if you're at your marriage if you're at a job if you're at work if you're at school wherever you're at understand that God has sent you as a believer in the power of the Holy Spirit to do what he's called you to do. So you're not there by chance. Those people around you, they need you to do deliverance. They need you to drive out demons. There's so many people around you that need deliverance in your church, in your congregation, in your family, and around your friend group. There's people that need deliverance. And every single one of us know people that need deliverance. Every single one of us need know somebody that needs us to cast demons out of them. So you need to understand this was not an option that Jesus was giving us. If Jesus did it, then it's good enough for me to do it. Come on, type them in the chat. If Jesus did it, it's good enough for me to do it. So I don't need a thousand reasons. I don't need anyone to argue with me about it or convince me or tell me, oh, well, it's not for today and it's not scriptural. Deliverance is biblical. Jesus did it and he commands the disciples to do it. And you need to know this. You need to understand that it's scriptural. I would challenge you to study every account of deliverance in the New Testament so that you can make a good defense when ignorant people come to you that don't do deliverance or know about deliverance. Again, many people don't do deliverance. Many Christians don't talk about deliverance. So I would suggest going through every instance of deliverance and study it, memorize key verses, understand that we have the Bible to back up our beliefs. We have the Bible to back up our demonstration. We have the Bible to back us up. And so if the word of God is backing you up, you don't need, come on, help me preach Holy Ghost. You don't need religious people to approve of you. And some of you are waiting for some leader or some pastor or some preacher or some evangelist to approve of you. And I'm telling you that God has approved of you, that you don't need a special gift or anointing or someone to impart or lay hands on you. You have been anointed by the Holy Spirit. The power of God has sent you to drive out demons. The power of God has anointed you to drive out demons. So you need to know it's scriptural. You need to go into the Bible. Don't just say, Oh, I cast out demons because I believe in it. Or I cast out demons because I read a story about it. Or Isaiah tells me, you need to back it up with scripture. You shouldn't have to send them a video when they say, why do you believe in deliverance? Or why do you cast out demons? But you should have all the biblical references. There's seven deliverances in the New Testament. 
in the, I'm sorry, in the gospels. And so I would challenge you to study those seven deliverances. I have videos on them and study what Jesus did, how he did it, because this is a spiritual thing. This is not a natural thing. You know, it's interesting how some of you will go to the doctor and they'll tell you something's wrong with you. Something's there. You need help. And you don't get mad at them. You have no problem with that. But then you come in the broadcast and I tell you that you might need deliverance or you need deliverance and you're mad at me. But don't be mad at me for telling you something the Bible says that we should be doing. Don't get mad at me tonight if I tell you that you need deliverance. You need to understand that we are spiritual beings before we are physical beings. Remember Genesis 1:26, we are made in God's image and God's likeness. This was not physically and made God in God's image. We're not physically look like God. And if you don't believe me, Go look at in the scripture what God looks like. But spiritually, we are made in the image of God. We are spirit beings. We were created spiritually before we were created in the natural realm. That's why God told Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. How could God know me before I'm a physical entity? Because God was saying, Jeremiah, I knew you in the spirit realm. I knew you in the spirit. So before you were born, you were called. You were anointed. And I came to tell somebody that feels like they're not called or they're not chosen or they were an accident or God's plan is void in their life that you are not an accident that you are not a mistake but before you were in your mother's womb God anointed you God called you and so God knows you can do it you can cast out demons come on write that down you can cast out demons so stop saying I just can't do it and also, let me say this, the fear of casting out demons is come, comes from a demon. So if you're afraid, like, I don't know, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? Friend, you need to just step out, start doing it. It'll build your faith. It's one of the funnest things you'll ever do. Second Corinthians 5, 17, Paul says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Now we know when Paul tells us this, Paul is not saying you're physically made new. Paul's not saying, you know, you're born again. You go from being a man to a woman or a woman to a man. When you're born again, you're still the same man or the same woman or the same physical person. There's not a physical change there's a spiritual change so this is something that happens in the spiritual realm your body didn't change but your spirit changed you were born again you were renewed and you were changed by the spirit you became a new species your spirit is totally new there's no old sin nature in your spirit but understand that there is a battle going on in the soul there's a battle going on in the realm of the soul and these demons are working in the realm of people's souls in the mind in the will and the emotion and so when we go in there we are ev evicting the demons out of these different areas of the person first thessalonians 5 23 paul tells the church in thessalonica that you are three parts he says and the god of peace himself sanctify you holy and may your spirit and soul and body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our lord jesus christ so paul says you're a spirit you're a soul and you're a body so you have to realize this, all that we're doing, engaging in, this is a spiritual thing. We contact and we connect with God, not in the natural realm, in the spiritual realm. We worship God in the spiritual realm. We pray in the spiritual realm. We must engage in the spiritual realm. The battle that we're facing is not a natural battle. And so this is one reason why deliverance doesn't happen in our church. We've made carnal, complacent, natural churches that only focus on what goes on in the natural not in the supernatural but i believe there's some people in the chat that have supernatural eyes supernatural understanding that say god i don't want to oh come on holy ghost help me preach tonight 
I don't want to be superficial. I want to be supernatural. I don't want to target things in the natural. I want to target things in the spiritual. I want to understand and realize that I'm in a war and it's a spirit war, that there is a spirit world. What we just saw, which we'll talk about tomorrow night and this week at the Travis Scott concert was a spiritual war. This was a demonic human sacrifice that went on at a concert. Now, I don't believe there's ever been a time in human history where it was so blatant as it was the other night, but this was absolutely a demonic human sacrifice on a public stage. And so we're battling demons. These are not natural, like, oh, people just got trampled. These are demonic spirits. And not only that, I don't know if you guys know this, but at the concert, he was chanting in other languages, demonic curses over people. He was literally putting the curses on 50,000 people, opening up portals to demons and demonizing people. It's spiritual. And guys, listen, come on, help me preach Holy Ghost. Our little coffee shop Christianity, our little Starbucks, come on, where are the warriors at? Our little Starbucks Bible study, Jesus, little Daisy Banner Jesus is not going to cut it. There is intense spiritual warfare and it's time as the body of christ that we push back against the enemy it's time that we wage war against demonic spirits and demonic powers so for all of you religious people that are like oh i was just waiting for you to stop talking about deliverance well guess what i didn't for a couple months but we are going at it because i will not sit back and lead an untrained people Pastors, you cannot be leading a church that is untrained, that is unequipped, and that is unprepared for the battle that is going on. Friend, you're in a war. You're in a battle, a spiritual battle in a spiritual world, and God has given us weapons. John 4, 24, the Bible says God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truthfulness. So understand that this is a spiritual thing we're talking about. Now, the reason why I'm telling you this is because tonight, some of you are going to try to understand this naturally, and you're going to make videos saying, oh, Isaiah Saldivar's at it again about demons. That's because you're carnal. That's because you're natural. You don't look at it from a spiritual perspective. But those of you that are spiritual, that have spiritual ears, I want you to hear what I'm saying tonight. I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying tonight because these are spiritual mysteries and these are things for spiritual people. Remember in 1 Corinthians 2.14, it says, but the natural or the soulish man receives not the things of the spirit of God. So the natural man cannot receive spiritual things. It says, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because these are spiritually discerned. So understand, yes, casting out demons for most believers is foolish. Understand this. Yes, casting out demons for most religious people is foolish. Casting out demons for the world is a foolish act. It's crazy because they're carnal. Paul says, understand that these things are spiritual things I'm talking to you about, and they must be discerned spiritually. So stop being surprised when people think you're foolish for casting out demons, but I believe every single one of you, God is training you, God is calling you, and God has given you the power to cast out demons. Jesus said the same power and authority I've been given. Think about this. The same power and authority I've been given, I now give to you, and... The same way the Father has sent me, so I send you. So Jesus said, listen, the Father has sent me. We know 1 John tells us Jesus was sent to destroy the works of darkness. And so Jesus said, the same way I've been sent to demolish Satan's kingdom and demolish strongholds and cast out demonic spirits, the power that was given to me by the Father, I'm going to give it to you. And I'm not going to give you 10%, 20%. 30%. Come on, help me, Holy Ghost. I feel the fire. 
all power and all authority that the Father has given me, I now give to you because I'm going with the Father. So you're going to carry on my ministry. Us casting out demons today is us carrying out the ministry of Jesus. Friend, you're called. You're anointed. Get off of your hands. Stop sitting on your hands and doing nothing for God and say, God, I need you. Mark me in these last days. Anoint me in these last days. I can't go another day without being willing to do what you've called me to do. And so you've been called. So whatever Jesus was, I now am. That's what your Bible says. And I know religious demons are squirming right now. I know religious demons are angry right now. I don't care because we're going to cast you out at the end of this broadcast. If Jesus was healing to the world, we're talking supernatural, nothing we talk about tonight will be natural, then I'm called to be healing to the world. If Jesus was deliverance to the world, which he was, I'm called to be deliverance. If Jesus brought breakthrough in people's lives, I should bring breakthrough. Friend, oh, come on, Holy Ghost. I have a prophetic word for you. You have more to offer people than inviting them to your church on Sunday. You have more to give the world than giving them a card to go to your church. Oh, you should just come to my church. God is saying, I'm not calling you to just invite people to church. I'm calling you to be the church and to go and make disciples. Go make disciples. Go do something for the kingdom of God. And I wish, I wish some of you heard this message 30 years ago. I wish somebody told you before you were, some of you were in your 60s and 70s and you're barely getting this revelation, but it's not too late. It's not too late to cast out demons. If Jesus restored people, you're called to restored people. If you don't think that's the case, let me ask you this. Who is going to help your friends and family that are demonized? Who's going to help your cousins? Are you going to keep being okay with your relatives and your aunts and your uncles and your family and your children and all these demon spirits running and ruling and governing your family, your work? You ought to get some fight in you. Someone needs to get some Hispanic into them and say, I am going to get some attitude. I'm a warrior. I believe that God is releasing the warrior spirit over us tonight. And I am going to get bold about this. And I'm not okay with my family being demonized on my watch. I'm not okay with my friends at work being demonized on my watch. It stops today. Devil, you've kept me silent far too long. You've kept me down far too long. I've been anointed to proclaim liberty to the captives. I've been called, I've been mandated, and I've been anointed. Jesus said in John 14 that you will do even greater, greater things than I've done. Now stop naturalizing that and saying, oh, he didn't mean casting out demons or healing the He just meant greater in numbers. No, he meant greater. He literally meant greater. And so understand Jesus has given us and called us and mandated us to cast out demons. So you don't, you don't, I'm sorry to tell you, you don't get to choose. You don't get to say, it's not my personality. I'm not really into that ministry. I'm just more into like helping in this. No, it's not a gift. It's not an office. It's the call to every single believer. And Jesus gave three main commissions when it came to casting out demons. The first, he told the 12 to go cast out demons. He said, go cast out demons and go heal disease. The Bible says first, he gave them authority over demons, then over sickness. So this was the order. And this is the order I suggest we do deliverance in or miracles in. If somebody's sick in body, I start with deliverance. And if it's not a demon, we pray for the sick. So this was the order Jesus said, cast out demons and heal the sick. Because oftentimes sickness is demonic. 
There's many, many, many times someone's sick in body and it's a demon like in Luke 13. It was a spirit of infirmity. It's not a natural thing. And if there's a demon there, you can pray healing all you want. You can beg God all you want. God heal them. God heal them. But if they need deliverance, you need to appropriate appropriate deliverance. So remember, start with the demonic and then go into praying for the sick. Now in Matthew 10, Jesus said, don't go to the Gentiles. Don't go to the Samaritans, but go to God's lost sheep of Israel. I want you to go preach to them. I want you to go heal the sick. I want you to raise the dead, cure the lepers, cast out demons. Go to God's people. And I want to say this to you, and this is going to be one of my first steps later on in this video, that if you only cast demons out of believers and people at your church, you will be busy for the rest of your life because there are so many people bound in the church. So many people have bought into the demonic lie that Christians can't have demons. That's a lie. There's no verse in the Bible that says that it's not scriptural. And I have a 21 minute video on this on my channel. This is a lie from the enemy. Now, why is the devil so spending so much energy, uh, perpetuating that lie and advancing that lie? And it's so common because listen, if you don't believe a Christian could have a demon, then you're never going to pray deliverance over believers. You're never going to pray for anyone in the church because they're Christian. But not only does, is it not scriptural, it doesn't make sense, but understand the devil already owns the world. The Bible says he's the God of this world, lowercase God. So why is the devil going to spend all of his energy and time demonizing those that already belong to him? Friend, the Bible says that witchcraft is targeting the souls of God's people. That's the tar- That's what the Bible says in the Old Testament is the target of witchcraft. It targets the souls of God's people. So the devil's not targeting the world. He's not like, if I could just demonize the world, he already owns the world. They already belong to him. He's trying to demonize you, trying to steal from you, trying to kill you, trying to destroy you, and trying to prevent people from hearing the good news of God. So just think about it logically. The other side of it is, If Christians couldn't have demons, then in Acts chapter 8, when Philip preached and then cast out demons, Philip would have never cast out demons. He would have just preached, they would have got saved, and then he would have not needed to do deliverance. Because Philip would have said, well, Christians can't have demons, so if I could just make them a Christian, I won't need to do deliverance on them. I was debating, I guess you'd say, a guy that doesn't believe Christians could have demons, and I asked him, if Christians can't have demons, when did your demons leave you? When did your demons leave you? And he had no answer because the truth is we need deliverance. It's Jesus's ministry and that's good enough for me. I don't need to spend 40 minutes trying to defend myself. All you need to tell people is Jesus did it. He commanded the 12 to do it. He commanded the 72 to do it. it that He's going to commission the 72 in Luke 10 to go cast out demons. And then he's going to, so that's the second call is the 72. Then he's going to enlist all believers to cast out demons. So first the 12 in Matthew 10, then the 72 in Luke 10. Then in Mark 16, he's going to now bring this ministry to all believers, every single believer now, if you believe. Now, the first time we see believers, the first, not only the first time we see believers is Mark 16, but the first sign of a believer is they're going to cast out demons. Like imagine that being the standard, like, oh, you believe? You cast out demons, yet majority, 90 plus percent of the church does not cast out demons, yet everybody says they're a believer. Now, if you don't heal the sick, if you don't cast out demons, if you're not making disciples, if you're not baptizing people, if you're not walking in those things, then what are you a believer in? Then what are you doing? Then you tell me why you're a Christian. Because to be a Christian is not something I label myself. It's when the world sees me and I'm so much like Christ, they say, oh, that guy must be a Christian because he looks like Christ. What would happen, church, if 
we stop labeling ourselves as Christians and we let the world label us. Like, think about this. Are you a Christian because you go to church and you pray the sinner's prayer? Or are you a Christian because your friends at work see that you live different? Because your friends at school see that you live different? See, being a Christian is not about self-labeling. It's about the world recognizing there's something different about you. There's something different. Christianity has to stop being about what we can't do and start being about what we can do. The world needs to start saying those people heal the sick. Those people drive out demons. Those people get through storms like never, like I've never seen before. Those people have supernatural power and there's something different about them. I don't want to be an average Sunday morning. Come on, I know you don't either. Warming the pew. I want to be a revivalist. I want to be a world shaker. I want to be in the devil's nightmares. Friend, you think about the devil. What does he fear? He's the most wicked, vile, evil creature in all of existence unspeakable how wicked he is yet he fears the believer he fears the sons and daughters of god that understand that they have authority over him they have power over them so understand not only is deliverance scriptural it's every believer's call but there's no substitute for it okay so counseling is not a substitute medication is not a substitute therapy is not a substitute um just praying for someone is not a substitute there is no write it down there is no substitute for deliverance ministry and nobody gets a free pass to not do deliverance so there's no free hall pass if you don't want to do it you're like it's not my personality i don't like it i'm scared you don't get a hall pass you don't get freedom you don't get to just not do it every single believer if you're if you call yourself a believer is called by god to do this thing called casting out demons now deliverance ministry really doesn't exist in the bible it's really just jesus's ministry so it's not like I'm in deliverance ministry. I'm in the ministry of Jesus Christ because he started it. He called us to do it. And he's the one that does the work. He's the one that continued. If you look at it at the start of his ministry, he starts his ministry with doing deliverance. Mark chapter one, he's preaching with power. He's preaching with authority. He gets up in the synagogue and the one that they had prophesied about, the one that they had studied now gets up and starts preaching in his very first service very first service mark chapter one which is the first gospel written according to scholars the oldest gospel which would be the first gospel written jesus is preaching and as jesus is preaching a man immediately starts manifesting a demon so don't be shocked pastors leaders when you start preaching the word of god with power and with authority if demons don't manifest i was just preaching this last weekend and as i'm preaching People are manifesting demons. Why? Because we're preaching with authority. I'm not preaching with like, maybe this is true. I know what the word of God says and I'm preaching with power and authority and demons respond to authority, not to timidity. Demons don't respond. When you're casting out demons, do not be timid. Do not negotiate with them. You need to confront them and be bold about it. Be bold. Know that you have the power. Know that you've been given the authority and you're called to do what Jesus did on the earth. Mark chapter 1, verses 21 says, Then they went to Capernaum. And when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. The people were amazed at his teaching because he taught them as one who had authority, not as the teachers of the law. Just then, a man in their synagogue who was possessed by an impure spirit cried out, What do you want with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Now, this is the demon speaking out of the man. Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. 
verse 25, Jesus said, be quiet. And Jesus sternly said, come out of him. The impure spirit or unclean spirit shook the man violently and came out with a shriek. Okay. So there's a violent manifestation for all you that are like, it's, we just, we're calm about it. And we just tell the demon to leave and the demon leaves. Well, that's not what Jesus did. The Bible says the man violently shook and with a shriek, the demon came out of him. A shriek means the man was yelling as the demon left him. So when you see that loud yelling and that shrieking and that person violently convulsing, that's usually a demon about to come out or a demon coming out. Now, verse 27, you're not late. We haven't even started the seven steps to casting out a demon. Verse 27 says the people were all so amazed. They asked each other, what is this? A new teaching and with authority? He even gives orders to unclean spirits and the unclean spirits obey him. Man, I love the Bible. Verse 28, news about him quickly spread all through the whole region of Galilee. So he's doing deliverance. And this is what the people say. Is this some new teaching? Now, let me just say this. I've been accused of this a thousand times as I'm talking about deliverance. I have people making videos about me. This is some new teaching Isaiah has. This is not a new teaching. This is an old teaching that's been buried in religion and has been buried in dead Christianity, commercial Christianity, and has gone dormant and silent. But this, this what we're preaching tonight is all from scripture. And we need to unbury unbury what we've buried in the church and get back to the word of God. We need to stop preaching on worldly movies, worldly culture, worldly music, and getting our sermon ideas from movies. Come on, pastor, and get back to the word of God. Jesus' powerful preaching caused the demon to manifest. Why does nobody manifest in my church? Because your preaching's weak. That's why. Your preaching is soft. You get up there with some recycled message. You have it. It's not bathed in prayer. It's not bathed in intercession. And you get up there and preach the same message everybody else in America is preaching about how God wants to give you a new BMW and a nice house. And there's no confrontation. There's no confrontation. There's no gloves put on. There's no spiritual sniping. There's no power. It's just jab. It's jab preaching. But we need some preachers that are going to throw that knockout blow and are going to confront the enemy. So stop expecting demons to manifest when you're preaching weak and dull sermons that haven't been energized and empowered by the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus didn't get up there and just preach this watered down message. He preached the Bible says with authority and the authority of Jesus Christ made the demons surface. Okay. Now, listen, I know demons hate me. This is not cocky. This is not arrogant. When I go pray for people, most of the people I pray for at the altars manifest demons because I'm not praying timidly. I'm praying with power and authority and I know my authority. So you got to know the authority that you have in Christ. You got to know I'm not going to this like if there's a demon there, I can no come out in Jesus name. You have no power. This person is not your home. I come against you in Jesus' name. I rebuke you, Satan. You've lost this battle, and it's time for you to go. I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. So some of you need to get that boldness and that authority in you, and you need to know whose you are, and you need to know who you are. And so the crowd is like, what is this, some new teaching? Now, oftentimes when deliverance breaks out in your life and in your church, you're going to be accused of having some new teaching. Here's the one thing religious people can't stand is that deliverance is all throughout the new gospels. Deliverance is all throughout the gospels and it's throughout the book of Acts, which is 
our model. The book of Acts is our model. It's our blueprint for the church. And deliverance was a normal occurrence in the book of Acts. You're going to see over and over again that they're casting out demons, that they're casting out demons. So understand demons are not threatened by watered down preaching. They're not threatened by this comfortable, okay, non-confrontational compromise. You can live in sin gospel. Demons respond to authority. Now the Bible says the demon screamed out of the man. Okay. And the demon was screaming, not the man screaming. So when you're doing deliverance and someone starts screaming, yelling, crying, it also says in one translation, the demon cried out of the man. Don't give, don't give up. Don't stop because the person starts screaming. When they start screaming and crying, you go harder because you know that's the demon crying and that's the demon screaming out of them and you're on the right track. So oftentimes you'll have somebody screaming out in deliverance or you'll start confronting the demon and the person will cry or scream and we stop, do not stop, continue to cast it out, continue to confront it, continue to put pressure on it because oftentimes these demons are going to scream. They're going to leave in a shriek, the Bible says, and they're going to cry out of the person. Now we know the demon wanted nothing to do with Jesus. The demons hated Jesus and the demons hate you because you resemble him. Do not be shocked when people say, I don't know why I don't like being around you. I don't know why I don't like you. Friends and family might start coming around you and they might not like you any longer. And here's why, because now that you're walking in power and authority, their demons recognize you. Friend, I don't, I would say almost every service, I have people come up to me and say, I, I know I like you, but something is just telling me I, I doesn't, something doesn't like you. Something, it wants me to punch you. It hates you. It's telling me that I need to kill you. And I've had this over and over. And I tell people, it's not you. That's the demon on the inside of you. So understand even you, you right now in the chat that's getting irritated or getting aggravated or getting agitated. That's not you getting mad. That's a demonic spirit that we're putting on notice tonight. That's a demonic spirit that we're going against tonight. And you will not stay. You're, I'm telling you, I'm, ta I'm talking to those demons tonight. You're not going to stay. You're going to give up and you're going to come out in Jesus name. Now, Jesus told the demon to be quiet, not because Jesus was saying, don't talk to demons, but because Jesus didn't want the demon to reveal who he was before the time. This is why he told the disciples, do not say who I am. This is why he told people that he healed. Don't go tell anyone who I am. So this was not when Jesus said to be quiet. This was not a matter of we shouldn't talk to demons. This was a matter of Jesus telling the demon to be quiet. So the demon wouldn't reveal his identity before the people came to know it themselves. He didn't want a demon to reveal it. He wanted the people to get it revealed through revelation, through seeking truth. That's why he told Peter, this did not come from man, but this revelation came from my father who is in heaven. So God was not wanting the demon to spoil who he was without the people being able to seek him because demons will give information. Another thing I want to say in Mark one, this is really the only one that we're going over strong tonight is Jesus did this deliverance in public. So there's times where, yes, you can bring him to a back room. Yes, you can do it in private, but I want to challenge all of you. And this is something I'll talk about later in the broadcast. I want to challenge all of you start doing on-demand deliverances. This is something that within the last, I would say five months, I'll share with you later how God had convicted me about not always scheduling people, but doing on-demand deliverances. And I'll tell you the last, I don't know how many, 50, 60, 70 deliverances I've done were on demand. They were not, we're going to schedule you. We're going to meet up. It's going to be this drawn out thing. Some people absolutely need that. And I'll tell you the differences after about that. But I'm telling you right now, I feel the Holy Spirit giving us a boldness as the church. Come on, church, giving us a boldness to do on the spot deliverances, whether it's in the foyer, whether it's at the altar. Hey, 
You ready to get free? I'm ready to get free. I'm ready to get delivered. We're gonna cast that thing out of you right now. And then boom, you start going against that demon. You start confronting that demon. So I would challenge, and I know I've made structure. I know I have a form on my website. I know I preach about one-on-one deliverances, but I would challenge because I really feel the Lord was telling me, Isaiah, you're being a hindrance to what I'm trying to do. I'm like, Lord, how am I being a hindrance? He said, because everybody that comes up to you at the altar for deliverance, you tell them, oh, just go get a packet and go schedule a deliverance. And I was doing that over and over and God says, deal with it now. And so I just started, hey, let's just get it out of here. Are you ready? Let's do it now. And then boom, within five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, all of a sudden demons are coming out. So understand that demons can come out quick if the person's ready, but Jesus did this in front of everybody. So when people try to lie to you and say, oh, don't do deliverance on video, it'll jump on people, that's not scriptural. When people try to say, don't do deliverance in public, the demon will come out and jump in the children, that's not scriptural. Demons cannot jump out of one person and then go jump into another person if there's not an open door and we cast them into the abyss, which I'll share with you later. So you need to understand that all these lies are hindering deliverance, okay? Also understand deliverance is part of what Jesus did on the cross. Matthew 8, 16 says, many possessed with demons and he cast out spirits with a word. Oh, I'm sorry. It says they brought him many possessed with demons and he cast spirits out with a word and he healed all those that were sick. So he could fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah that said he himself took our, our infirmities and bore our diseases. And let me tell you why casting out demons is not popular in the church, but the sinner's prayer is. We always say, pray the sinner's prayer and you'll get saved, but no one cast out demons because we've lost what salvation means. All you have to do after this broadcast is Google what salvation means, and you're going to realize the definition of salvation is not the sinner's prayer, is not inviting Jesus to build a house in your heart. The definition of salvation is to be set free, is to be delivered, is to be saved, is to be preserved. So this is the actual definition of salvation and deliverance is part of what Jesus did on the cross. And so by us not doing deliverance, by us not walking in deliverance, we're basically not using fully all that Jesus did for us on the cross. So we need to understand the power of deliverance. It's part of what Jesus did on the cross. Don't let powerless water down preachers or teachers or Christians try to talk you out of deliverance ministry. Remember, Jesus said, if I cast out a demon by the spirit of God, then you know the kingdom of God has been come, the kingdom of God has come upon you. So when, when we do deliverance and we're casting out demons, we're actually building the kingdom of God. And actually, casting out demons is the most biblically accurate way to build the kingdom of God. Because Jesus said when demons are coming out, that's Satan's kingdom being removed, and that's God's kingdom being established. And so the way that we build the kingdom of God is by removing Satan's kingdom and by establishing God's kingdom, okay? So understand, this is not a spiritual gift. This is not a special mandate. This is not an office. You don't need to wait around. This is the ministry of Jesus. And in fact, interesting here, deliverance ministry is the only ministry Jesus did that no one else had ever done before. No one else had ever cast out a demon before. Remember, they'd already healed the sick in the Old Testament. The dead had already been raised in the Old Testament. John the Baptist was preaching the gospel of repentance. Jesus shows up. The only new ministry, or I'm saying it slow so you don't twist my words, the only new ministry that Jesus brought was deliverance ministry, okay? Was the ministry of deliverance, and that was the ministry of casting out demons. So it was a very powerful thing. We know the devil hates it more than any other ministry. The reason why deliverance has so much resistance is because it's the most hated ministry by the devil. And so the spirit of religion absolutely 
can't stand deliverance. The spirit of religion absolutely hates deliverance. And so you need to realize as you do this, you're a target for the religious spirit. You're a target for the powers of religion that are running our churches. Our churches are vastly, and I preach in over 500 churches, so please hear what I'm saying and hear my heart. Our churches are vastly ran by spirits of religion. They're vastly ran by people that are allowing the enemy to water down the Holy Spirit, to quench the move of God, and to stop God from moving in deliverance. Okay, now I want to talk about the two types of deliverance. Number one type is altar deliverance or now deliverance. Okay, write it down, altar or now deliverance. Now this is something that what I'm going to teach you right now is going to apply to both of these deliverances. This type of deliverance is exactly what it sounds like. It happens right now so whether you're in a car i've done deliverance in cars i've done deliverances in public i've done deliverances at my house i've done deliverances in the church foyer i've done deliverances at the altar i've done deliverances on stage these are the deliverances where someone comes up to you and they say i want to get free and they're ready to be free they're ready to get delivered and you on the spot cast demons out of them okay you don't give them a packet from our website you don't say we're going to schedule you and meet up with you you immediately now here's the thing if you're doing the deliverance and you recognize this is going to take longer than schedule permits, like say you're in a car or you're waiting or they have to go or you have to go, then we're going to schedule a one-on-one -on -one deliverance with them. Okay, we're going to meet up again and we're going to do a more extensive deliverance. Or if you recognize the demons are deeply rooted, deeply hiding, or the person has a very wild background, then they might need a one-on-one -on -one extended deliverance. So let's just call it a one-on-one -on -one deliverance. Okay, that's the sessions that we do. But here's what I want to say and what God's been showing me. Always start with the now deliverance. Always believe for the now deliverance. Don't tell people, we can't do it now. We're going to do it later. Start with the now. Give them five to 10 minutes of prayer. Go after the demons. Have them quickly renounce. Quickly go through unforgiveness, which we're going to show you here. And then just cast the demon out. So that would be like brute force. You're just come out in Jesus name. That's the brute force. The other type is the one-on-one -on -one session, which I call more surgical deliverance. Okay. That's more extended deliverance. That's where we're going to sit down. We're going to talk a lot longer. We're going to spend a lot more time renouncing a lot more time in the unforgiveness area. And we're going to spend a lot of time dealing with that. That could go from one hour up until, I don't know, I've done them up to six hours. And these are for people that need a much deeper deliverance. Now, let me also say this. I know there's a lot of new people and this is teaching is for those of you just starting out in deliverance ministry a lot of new people on here since I've done this type of teaching if somebody has a crazy background in the occult or a crazy background um, in a false religion or a crazy background in drugs and gangs sexual perversion they're probably going to need a one-on-one -on -one deliverance not all the time but depending on where they're at with God if a person doesn't have a crazy background they they just you know there's a couple things that they feel might be there most of the time you can do it on an on the spot right away deliverance but no matter what their background is we're always believing for now deliverance we're always believing for deliverance right now but i will tell you a lot has changed in my heart in my mind in my revelation of deliverance because i used to always go to one-on-one -on -one session you guys remember this i would always teach only one-on-one -on -one sessions just get one-on-one -on -one. now you start to see me I've probably done the last like 80 to 100 deliverances. We're just, we're going to do it at the altar. We're going to cast it out right now and we're just going to do it. And it's been working. And I believe God is giving us a special anointing and a special grace to do that. Okay. But what I'm going to teach you tonight is going to apply to both of them. So if you're on an on the spot deliverance, come on, take notes here then you would probably need one person helping you if that, okay? Lots of times there's a big group of people around, you can just take care of it right there. If you're doing a one-on-one -on -one session, I would recommend two people 
minimum, okay, write that down, and five people maximum. So one person would be leading the deliverance, okay? Only one person's leading, the other person's supporting, they're right by you, they're laying hands, they're praying, but they're praying quietly and they're just supporting you, whatever you need, whatever needs to be prayed and agreed on, because when two or more agree on something, heaven responds. And then I always have one person, these are one-on-one -on -one sessions, by the way, one person taking notes. So they're writing down what demons have manifested, what might be happening, some things that have been going on so that you could check later in the next couple steps. And then um, one or two people quietly praying, asking God for revelation. Guys, do not, listen to me right now, do not do deliverance alone with a female. Please save yourself the heartache and the headache and the drama. Do not do, I will not do a deliverance on a female by myself. Now, if I'm at the altar and there's a thousand people at the altar, of course, I'll do deliverance on females, pray, cast the demons out of them. But I will never for any circumstance, come on, help me preach, Holy Ghost, do deliverance with a female by myself. If I'm gonna do deliverance on a female, I need several other females in the room with me. I will never be alone with another woman in a room by myself. I had one pastor say, please, the girl is a leader and she doesn't want anyone in there but you. And I said, no chance, absolutely not, no shot. I'm not doing deliverance with her. I'm gonna need two or three other females to help me. So make sure that you never do that because you don't know what can happen. If something happens, it's her word against yours. Some of these demons of lust are very sexual in their manifestations. So just be careful there. Girls, come on, help me. Do not meet up with a guy by yourself to do deliverance. If you're on the deliverance map, try to find another guy to go with you or try to find another female to go with you and make sure that you're not alone doing deliverance with a guy. Do not, do not do it, even if it's late. And so now this happens all the time. It gets late in the deliverance and it's like midnight, almost 1 a.m. And it's like, hey, my friend has to go and you're staying there and you don't do it, don't stay. Stop the deliverance and say, hey, I got to go home. My friend that's helping me in the deliverance has to go. We'll work on this another day, but I'm not going to stay. Because what happens is we start good, right? We're like, okay, we have the another guy with us or another girl. And then it gets late at night because the deliverance goes long. And then the person has to leave. And then we stay there with them. And it's now me and a girl or a guy and a girl or whatever it could be. So just make sure that you don't give the devil opportunity because he'll absolutely take the opportunity. Now, if you're on Zoom, that's a completely different story. But let me also caution you on this. If you are on Zoom, now I'm gonna say it slow because these are very important things that other preachers are not gonna tell you. And you're married or they're married, do not be spending long amounts of time with them on Zoom. Now, if you're doing deliverance on a man that's married, you should have his wife there while you're doing deliverance if you're a female and vice versa. So I know ladies, you get on there, you're zealous, I appreciate you and you're on there with a the guy and you're spending hours with him on Zoom and it goes from deliverance to a relationship and the guy's married. So don't let that happen. Feelings will develop. And another thing I'll warn you before I go into these steps, everything we're saying is very spiritual. And if you do deliverance, you're going to see there is a spiritual connection that takes place. And sometimes it's just a weird thing. When you're praying for people, when you're prophesying, there's a connection that happens. There's a bond that happens. And so you need to be careful spending time. You shouldn't be talking to married men. You shouldn't be talking to married women. There needs to be consent there. And there needs to be some type of group thing going because spending hours and hours throughout the night on Zoom with a married person is not appropriate. It's not godly. It'll cause division. Don't let it happen. Even messaging, all these things. Okay. Seven steps to casting out demons. These are gonna be the best seven steps I've ever given, the most basic I've ever given, the most practical. And this is for all of you new people, all of you small groups, all of you churches, all of you getting into it, or all of you that have been in it. I'm gonna give you the practical steps, the exact way that we're going to from beginning to end in the simplest way possible, because the last time I did this was 10 steps, which is way too complicated. 
to cast out a demon. Step number one, make sure the person is a believer and they want deliverance. Okay, make sure they're a believer. Step one, make sure they're a believer and they want deliverance. Mark 7, 24 and Matthew 15, 21, a woman came to Jesus begging for her daughter to be delivered. The problem was she wasn't eligible because she was a Greek. And Jesus said, let the children first be filled. I shall not cast the children's bread to the dogs. The children's bread was speaking of deliverance because remember, she came to Jesus saying, I need deliverance. Jesus said, I'm not going to give you what belongs to my people, to the children, the children's bread, okay? She responds, even the dogs sit under the table and eat the children crumbs. He said, for this, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. So Jesus identifies in these passages, deliverance is the children's bread. It's for the people of God. She was not an Israelite and therefore not considered God's people. And so Jesus ignored her request and said, this is not for you, but because of her persistence and her faith, her faith qualified her to be a true daughter of Abraham and to be able to be accounted for her faith and to receive deliverance. So her faith was put on display and her daughter's deliverance followed. Faith is important in deliverance. You have to understand this. If the person getting delivered doesn't have the faith to be delivered, they're not gonna get delivered. So when people are like, I don't believe in deliverance, deliver me then. That's not going to work. That's not how deliverance works. You need to be wanting it. Even if you read the gospels, everybody that got delivered wanted to be delivered. They put themselves in a position, whether they were in the synagogue, even the man at the tombs came to Jesus. Jesus did not go to him. He came to Jesus, got on his knees and cried out, what do you want from us? So even the man at the tombs, the Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus. The man at the Mount of Transfiguration came to Jesus saying, please deliver my boy. So you got to realize that there was a desire in these people to be delivered. Luke 13, she was in a synagogue and got delivered. So there needs to be a desire to get deliverance. They need to be a desire for them to want deliverance. Do not do deliverance on people that don't want it and don't do deliverance on an unbeliever. Not only is it hard enough to do deliverance on a believer, but unbelievers, there's no point doing deliverance on them because of Matthew 12, 43. It says this, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds no rest. This is Jesus speaking, verse 44. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds that house empty, swept and put in order. But notice it says empty there. Then he goes and takes himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first state of the man. So it shall be with this wicked generation. So Jesus says, listen, if the house stays empty and Jesus is obviously talking about we're the house, if the house, which we are spiritual houses, according to Jesus stays empty, then the demons come back. So if you're doing deliverance on an unbeliever, what's the point? The house is empty. They can't be full of Jesus because they're not a believer and the demons just come back worse. Not only that, if you do deliverance on an unbeliever, the demons don't have to leave. They have a legal right to be there. And I'm going to say this, and I know I'm going to ruffle a bunch of feathers. It's okay. Every single deliverance ministry I know of, every single one, and I know a lot of them, do deliverance only on believers. I don't know one deliverance ministry that does deliverance on unbelievers. Every one of them would agree deliverance is for the body of Christ. It's for the children's bread. The person getting delivered needs to want freedom. Now you might say, well, Isaiah, what about, I've seen people do it on the streets. I've seen people cast demons out of people that didn't want it. You didn't probably see them cast the demon out. You probably saw the person manifest. Now you can go to an unbeliever at any point and say, I command these demons to come out and they're going to start screaming, growling, manifesting, but being a, manifesting a demon 
doesn't mean a demon leaves, okay? So don't mistake a person manifesting a demon with a demon actually leaving a person. It's a big difference, and I've never seen a demon leave an unbeliever, and I've watched video after video after video. I've been around this for a long time. I have never seen a demon leave an unbeliever, and they've gone back to being an unbeliever. Deliverance is absolutely for the believer, those that are serving God and that want freedom. Those are the children's bread. They're eligible for deliverance. So the person needs to be a believer. They need to want their freedom and they need to participate. So make sure the person doesn't just sit there. They need to help you out. Make sure you tell them, hey, you need to want this more than I want this. You need to help me in this deliverance. Okay. So once that qualification has been met, step number two, now this is how you're going to start. You're going to lead them through renouncing, dealing with unforgiveness and verbally saying the demons must leave me. Okay. Write that down. So number two, lead them through renouncing, deal with unforgiveness, and have them verbally say, these demons must leave me. Because the demons need to know the person doesn't want it. Now, what is renouncing? Renounce simply means, I'm going to keep this as basic as possible because I don't want to overcomplicate it. Renounce basically says you're denying it and you no longer want it. You're cutting ties with it. And the reason why we do this is because, remember, the demons are there because you invited them there. They're not there by accident. You didn't trip over the demon that came into you. Demons are there because you opened up a door, you accepted them, you gave them a legal right, you came in agreement with them, and you gave them permission to be there. So what you're doing when you renounce it or repent, you can use either word. Some people are like, I don't like the word renounce. Then use the word repent. You're breaking the legal right the demon has to be there. Now, sometimes the demon will say, you can't cast me out. I don't have to leave. This person's my home. They want me here. I have a legal right to be there. These are lies, okay? It's as simple as this. What does it look like practically? It looks like them saying, I renounce sickness. I renounce lust. I renounce perversion. I renounce divorce. I renounce addiction. I renounce witchcraft. I renounce hate. I renounce cursing. You're just going to lead them through renouncing. Now, sometimes they'll stop at a certain word. Like if they say, I renounce witchcraft and they start choking or the demon won't let them say it, then you're onto something, okay? Take note that if the demon doesn't want them to renounce something, there's probably a demon behind that sin. So you need to take note on that because that's something that can help you start the deliverance right after they renounce. Remember, the power is in the tongue. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Our weapons are supernatural. We use our tongues. The Bible says what we bind on earth shall be bound in the heavenlies. What we loose on earth shall be loosed in the heavenlies. The way that we loose and bind is through our words. It is the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you got to remember the mouth brings a confession. The confession brings the deliverance. Your words change things in the spiritual realm. So that's why it's dangerous for you to be saying stupid stuff because your words change things in the spiritual realm. So this is the time where you're renouncing. Then after I renounce, what do we do? Unforgiveness. Make sure there's no unforgiveness there. Unforgiveness gives demons legal right to torment people. Remember, Jesus said, if you have unforgiveness, I'll turn you over to the tormentors or the torturers. So that gives demons legal right to be there. Unforgiveness becomes something that the demons hang on to. 2 Corinthians 2.10 says, but to whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For what I also have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything for your sakes, I have forgiven it in the presence of Christ that no advantage may be gained over you by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So he says, forgive, or Satan will have an advantage over you. So it's major, unforgiveness is major. It's the most common reason why demons are there, demons don't leave. You need to make sure the person wants to forgive. I've had hours and hours of sessions where an hour, two hours go in, the person says, I'm not gonna forgive my dad. The demon says that I'm not leaving, and I've yelled at it, we've done everything we can 
but the demon hangs on to the unforgiveness. So you need to make sure most important is you deal with the unforgiveness. Okay, so you've dealt with the renouncing, you've dealt with the unforgiveness. Step number three, are you ready? Confront the demon, confront the demon. This is the number one reason why people don't get deliverance is because no one's willing to confront the demon. So you need to confront. Demons must be confronted. You need to call them out. You need to put pressure on them. Okay, ask the person as you're calling it out, are you hearing anything? Are you feeling anything? Don't be afraid to ask questions in deliverance. It's usually at this point, the person will start manifesting. Well, what does the manifesting mean? It means to bring something to light. It means to make something clear to the eye or the mind. It means to make something that was unknown be known okay so demons are hiding in darkness they're unknown and when we call them out they manifest and now they're brought to the open and they're made known what does manifesting look like growling coughing screaming eyes rolling back um foaming at the mouth vomiting uh what else confusion somebody looking like they're fall over dead which i'll show you that in scripture these are all manifestations of demonic spirits anger is a manifestation if you're doing deliverance you start seeing them clench clench their fist that could be a spirit of anger and be careful because they will they will start getting crazy so depending on the demon depends on the demon's personality and their attributes but just know that's the point where the demon will usually manifest how do i confront the demon you start calling it out so it's simple as I bind the spirit of anger. Come out now. We know you're there. I always tell demons, we know you're there. We're not playing around. We're not playing games. Talk to them like they're little kids. We know you're there and you're going to come out in Jesus' name. You start putting pressure on them and they're not able to hide. So that's what you need to do. Now, people come to me every time I do deliverance and say, I've been in church my whole life. I've never manifested. I've never been delivered. Why now? Because no one ever confronted your demons. No one ever confronted those spirits. Nobody ever called those demons out. Yes, yawning is another manifestation. Okay, so that's what you need to do is you need to confront the demon. I was in New York just a weekend ago. A lady came up to me. She said, Isaiah, I'm at the top of my career. I could tell she was successful. She was a businesswoman. And she said, nobody knows, but I've been having nonstop thoughts of suicide, anxious anxiety attack stress I don't know what to do I've been in church my whole life I start praying for her within three minutes she starts speaking in a man's voice growling at me screaming at me what do you want from me why are you doing this I hate you we're not leaving her she's our home she was manifesting within three minutes of me calling those demons out so you got to know your authority put pressure on the demon and you need to confront the demon then they're going to start manifesting a couple ways to make a demon manifest um, call them out, put pressure on them. Let them know that the person's not your their home. Plead the blood of Jesus against them. Pray the fire of God against them. Anoint the person with oil. Um, sometimes anointed atmospheres make demons manifest. The presence of God, if it's strong at an altar or at a service, the manifest presence of God is strong. It'll also make the demons manifest. Okay, you have to remember, demons have never met someone like you. They've never met a believer with authority that has authority like you that's going to call them out. Most people that are demonized have never met a believer that's going to call them out. So demons are comfortable in churches. I preached that last week in New York. Demons are comfortable in churches because they don't get called out and it's time for us to start calling them out. So you need to understand that when we call them out, usually that's going to manifest. Uh, welcome El Ray to the block list. Thank you very much. Okay, so you need to call them out. You need to make, that's also how they manifest. They can also manifest while renouncing. A lot of times as they're renouncing or dealing with unforgiveness, the demon's going to start manifesting. Worship music will also make them manifest. They'll start getting uncomfortable. So just go ahead and go at it. Go at it. Don't be afraid. Um, now you might say, well, what do I do if the person doesn't manifest? Keep putting pressure on the demon. Play worship music. Have a five to ten minute prayer time or a little break there. 
um, come back at another time if they really just don't manifest and nothing happens. Or the last thing would be conclude that they don't have a demon. Not every single person, I would say majority of people do have demons that have never been delivered, but not every single person has a demon. So if you spend 30 minutes, 40 minutes, there's no manifestation. There's nothing. They don't hear anything. They don't feel anything. There's no like crawling in their chest or crawling in their stomach. Then you may be able to conclude they don't have a demon, but be very careful by telling someone you don't have a demon. Okay. Because people that do have a demon, you tell them they don't have a demon, then they never seek deliverance and they struggle their whole life. So I'm very leery on telling someone that really believes they need deliverance. They don't need deliverance. Okay. Um, now, can you stop someone from manifesting? Absolutely. The way to stop a manifestation, write this down, is to call them out by name. Call them out by name. Just command it to stop. And whatever their name is, Michael, Terry, Jacob, whatever, say, I want to speak to Jacob, not the demon. And I command Jacob to come to Jacob. I want to talk to you. And then usually the demon will stop manifesting and you can talk to the person. So if you need to stop it, if it's not an opportune time or not the right time, or you need to schedule another deliverance, don't be afraid. A lot of times when they start manifesting, we're afraid to stop the demon. It's not, don't worry. You could stop the manifestation and bring it back up at another time. But those are just some ways the demons manifest. Now, I know where you're going to ask, can you get delivered without manifesting? Yes. Our goal is not to make you manifest. It's to set you free. Now, I would say the majority of the time when a demon's coming out or you're casting out a demon, the person does manifest, but it's not every, it doesn't have to always be that way. Remember in Luke chapter 13, there was a girl that was demonized that got delivered and there was no manifestation of her getting delivered, but she did get delivered. So there doesn't have to be a manifestation. Some people you'll literally pray and they'll just feel it come out of the top of their head. They'll feel it come out of their ear. They'll feel it come out of their mouth, out of their nose, wherever way it comes out. Usually it comes out of the mouth, but there's different ways that it comes out. So yes, manifestations are not required, but they are, I would say 90 plus percent of the time they manifest. Um, okay, number four. So that was number three. And I'll recap all of them at the end here. Number four, bind the demon in Jesus' name. Command them to go into the abyss, okay? So this is what you're going to do. You're confronting the demon. I bind you. I command you to come out. And you're binding the demon and you're commanding it to go into the abyss. The Bible says we have the power to bind and to loose. Now, the Bible doesn't give us a lot of information where to send demons. Why do we send them into the abyss? I'm going to show you why. Luke 8.31, the King James Version says the demons beg Jesus not to send them back into the deep or into the abyss. So this is the only place in scripture where we know the demons don't want to go to the abyss. So if the demons beg Jesus, don't send us there, then that's the safest place to send them because Jesus doesn't tell us where to send them. So I send them to the abyss. I believe it's a safe place. Re Romans 10.7 says the abyss is the place of the dead. Revelation 17 says the Antichrist will rise out of the abyss. Revelation 20 says the abyss is where Satan is going to be bound for a thousand years before being let out again. Revelation 9 describes the abyss as an area under the earth that has a shaft where smoke comes out of the earth like a furnace. Um, so my personal belief is this, okay? And this is my personal belief and this is how I do deliverance. Demons that we cast out, they don't go back into circulation. That's a pointless to cast them out of one person. So they go in another person. Demons that are cast into the abyss, they go into the abyss, which is under the earth, and they wait in the abyss until judgment because we know demons will be judged. They told Jesus, have you come to judge us before the time? So demons will receive judgment. And the abyss is the waiting place that demons go until they are judged. Now, according to Revelation 20, all the demons are going to be one day thrown in the lake of fire and they're going to be in their own torment, okay? So I believe the abyss and the pit is the safest place to send them. Now I know, because I've read books of other teachings, I know one guy, he says, I lock them, I send them into locked boxes 
and send them to the feet of Jesus. I don't do that personally. I think that's, I don't know. I don't have any, there's no biblical backing for putting demons in boxes and taking them to the feet of Jesus. I don't know why demons would want to go to, or we'd want to send demons to heaven, which if you didn't know, Jesus is in heaven biblically. He's at the right hand of the father. He's forever making intercession for us. So I wouldn't send them in boxes. I wouldn't send them to Jesus. Now, some people say, well, I send demons to Jesus. He knows what to do with them. I just command them to go into the abyss. I've had demon after demon after demon say, I don't want to go there. Don't send me there. So again, they don't want to go there. I think that's the best place that we can send them is to go into the abyss. Again, those verses are Luke 8, 31. They beg Jesus, do not send us to the abyss. Romans 10, 7, Revelation 17, Revelation 20, Revelation chapter 9. All those places you can find out about the abyss. abyss. Now, Jesus did allow demons to go into pigs, but this was one instance and we shouldn't make a practice of it, okay? So don't be trying to send demons into your neighbor's cat or your neighbor's dog, none of that. This is not a pattern of scripture. This is a one-time occurrence. We don't know why he allowed them to go into the pigs. I know there's a lot of theories. I've read the books. I know there's a lot of different ways we can preach that, but I wouldn't command a demon to go into an animal. It's not a pattern of scripture. Now, oftentimes demons do leave out of the mouth. So when doing deliverance, commonly they're going to come out of the mouth. Remember, we're spiritual houses according to Jesus. The eyes are the window. So if the eyes are the window, then the mouth is, I, I believe, the front door of the house. So they leave right out the front door. You're going to see this gagging, vomiting. Now, what is up with the gagging, vomiting, Isaiah? Why do people gag? Why do they vomit when they're getting delivered? Explain this to me. It's not that the demon's throwing up and the throw up has a demon in it. It's that when the demon's coming out of the mouth, depending obviously on the, the rank of the demon, the power of the demon, how many demons there are, it's a natural gag reflex to gag because the demon's coming out of your throat. So that's why people throw up. It's a gag reflex. It's not the demon's not in the throw up. The de they're throwing up because the demon's coming out of their mouth and their body's responding as a gag reflex. Now it is biblical. The Bible says the demon shrieked out of them. We just saw that in Mark 1. Acts chapter 8, the Bible says, and the people were screaming as unclean spirits left them. So it's very biblical for them to be, for someone to be screaming as the demons leave. And a lot of times you'll see in our videos, and you'll see this as you do deliverance, the person will be screaming bloody murder as the demons leaving them. So if a person screams for like three minutes at once, a loud scream, you can conclude that demons are leaving right there. But yes, burping, yawning, vomiting, these are all symptoms, all signs. Remember the boy at the Mount Transfiguration? I've taught on all these, so I'm not gonna go through too much recap. He was convulsing. They thought he was dead, the Bible says. He fell as if he was dead. He was foaming at the mouth, and it was a demon being cast out of him. So these are all things that happened. Mark 9, 26 says, then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into a violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead, and a murmur ran through the crowd saying, the boy's dead, okay? So Mark 9, 26, convulsions, spirit screaming, the boy seemed to be dead. Another common thing when a demon leaves is the person will fall over lifeless or limp, and then they'll come to. That's again, all goes back to Mark 9, 26. The person will be lifeless, but usually they will scream as well. That's found in Acts chapter 8, verse 7. This is what the Bible says already. Acts 8, 7. For unclean spirits, for unclean spirits, listen to this crying with a loud voice came out of many that were demonized with them and many who were lame and paralyzed were healed. So for the unclean spirits were crying with a loud voice coming out of many that were demonized. So again, screaming demons there, um, that's going to happen. Okay. So that was number four. What was number four again? It was bind the demons in Jesus' name. Make sure you're always using the name of Jesus. I have an entire video on using the name of Jesus. Command them to go into the abyss. Number five, if the demon doesn't leave, 
Find out why the demon won't leave. That's number five. And again, I've made this a new list, very basic. If they don't leave, find out why. Now, there's a couple reasons why a demon might not leave. They could have legal consent to be there. They could be holding out on you. And that basically means they're going to try to withstand you. So they're going to try to outlast you. They believe you're going to quit before they quit. And you need to put pressure. I had a demon just last weekend saying, I'm not leaving. You're not powerful. I'll never leave. And three minutes later, it was screaming out of the person. So don't, don't believe the lies when demons are speaking out of the person saying, we're not going to leave. You have no power. We're more powerful than you. They're lying. It's literally what they do. So make sure that you don't believe that. It could also be unforgiveness. Now, when the demon doesn't leave, if the demon's still there and you're commanding it, you're doing everything I told you, then it's okay to engage in conversation. But just remember, this is, con this is not conversation, this is interrogation. This is not conversation, this is confrontation. So Jesus did it in Mark 5. Jesus, the Bible said, had been commanding the demon to leave. The demon didn't leave. And so Jesus said, what is your name? So why did Jesus talk to the demon? Because the demon didn't listen to Jesus. It was disobedient. Now, don't be shocked when the demons don't listen to you. They also didn't listen to Jesus in Mark 5, but Jesus said, what is your name? So it is okay to ask the demon its name and to ask the demon if it has a legal right. Now, if the demon says, I have no legal right to be there, then you need to just keep putting pressure on it and keep commanding. Don't give up after five minutes, okay? Now there's some, let me give you a list of helpful reasons to talk to demons in deliverance. Again, only in deliverance. Number one, they could reveal other demons that are hiding. Number two, the demons, they'll reveal demons that are there. Um, they could also reveal why they came and why they won't leave. They could also reveal objects that the demons are attached to. They could reveal how long they've been there. They could reveal their name, helping you understand the function and the strategy. Um, so just know that there's a lot of useful things demons can tell you. And I know a lot of you are going to say, well, brother, demons lie. And I've heard this a million times. I'm going to blow your mind right now, okay? For all of you that say demons lie, don't talk to them. They never tell the truth. Let me blow your mind with this, okay? There's not one verse in the entire Bible where a demon lied. Not one. There's not one verse. So for all of you that say demons just going to lie, they never tell the truth. Every time a demon spoke in scripture, it actually told the truth. So don't think just because you've heard it from pastor to pastor, demons lie. Don't talk to them. They can lie, but oftentimes you're going to see through experience. Again, this is not head knowledge. This is experience. The demons actually oftentimes tell the truth because they want to leave. So again, not one verse in the entire Bible where a demon actually lied. Every time a demon spoke, it actually told the truth. It, when it talked about Jesus, when it talked about being tormented, when it talked about being judged, the demons always told the truth. Even the girl that was demonized in Acts chapter 16, even the demon told the truth, saying these are men of God preaching the way. So don't, don't just follow teachings where people say demons are liars. Don't believe them. They do lie. I mean, they are liars, but oftentimes you're going to see that they don't actually lie. You can also ask angels to help you. I have an entire video on this. Angels will help you in deliverance. That's another way. Okay. Number six. So now the demon's gone. You found out it was unforgiveness. The person forgave. You found out there was a legal right. You renounced the legal right. You found out why the demon won't leave. If there's no reason why it's not leaving, just keep commanding and keep putting pressure on it. Number six, after the demons are left or you've suspected they've left, very important, number six, go back and make sure everything is gone. Check two to three more times. Demons are incredibly good at hiding. So number six, 
check a couple more times to make sure nothing's there. Now, how would I do that? It's very simple. You call out the names of the demons that you think have left, okay? So you say, spirit of, if you think the spirit of lust has left the person, then you'd say, I command that spirit of lust to leave in Jesus' name. You have no power, you have no authority, you just keep commanding it and see if the person responds, see if the demon responds. Now, before the person was hearing voices, they were manifesting, now they say, I don't feel anything. I don't hear anything. And it's important through the deliverance, you're engaging with the person being delivered because they know more than you. They're the one being delivered. So you need to ask them, did you feel anything? Did you hear anything? So that's one way to do it. The other way is you could ask the Holy Spirit for a word of knowledge. Holy Spirit, give me a word of knowledge. Is there any demons left? And the Holy Spirit oftentimes, remember the Holy Spirit knows everything, will tell you if there's any demons left. Another thing you can do is look for body language. Look for body language showing there's something there. They might say, oh, I don't feel anything, but then their eye starts twitching, or they're looking at you and you can tell you can see a demon in their eye, or they start growling, or they start you know, twitching real bad, or their, their hands shaking real crazy. That could be a sign of a demon. So look for body language. Ask the Holy Spirit for words of knowledge. Call the demons out that you know that you've written down or you know were there before. And also, here's another tip for you. Look the person in the eye and see if you can detect anything. Because remember, the eyes are the window to the soul. Oftentimes, when you look the person in the eye, you can see a demon there or you can detect or you can discern whether there's actually a demon there. Okay. So that's very important to check through. Many, many times in deliverance, you'll be at the very end and you'll go through to recheck if anything's there and the person rah, starts manifesting again and you're back at it round one and you start casting up more demons. So don't be afraid to do that. Um, step number seven, this is the final step for tonight and the most important step. Now that the demons are gone, I hope these are very simple steps that have helped you guys. Number seven is pray the Holy Spirit fills them and protects them. This is the most important part. Remember, the demons have left the house. There's an empty space, Jesus said. Who fills the empty space? You guessed it, the Holy Spirit. So you need to pray that the Holy Spirit would fill them so that that house was no longer empty, but it's filled and those demons don't come back. And that's where you pray the anointing and you pray that they get full of the Holy Spirit and they get free, okay? Those are the seven steps. I hope that helped updated 2021, the seven steps to doing deliverance, to casting out a demon. I'm gonna make this into a separate video I'll post this week for all of you churches, all of you small groups, all of you people that are new, that are wanting to learn, that haven't been here the last year and a half when I taught this a year and a half ago. Again, we're gonna be doing some more of these teachings, trainings, equippings, but right now, this is the time where we're actually going to demonstrate deliverance. We're gonna actually pray. It won't be long, but this is the most important part where we pray for deliverance because here's the thing we don't just want to preach about it we actually want to demonstrate it we actually want to cast the demons out of you so we're going to start by renouncing we're going to start by renouncing things so i want all of you that need deliverance all of you that are in the chat all of you that are listening to just begin to renounce things begin to say i renounce whatever spirit it could be okay i renounce witchcraft come on right now i renounce witchcraft i renounce anxiety I renounce depression, I renounce fear, I renounce anger, I renounce bitterness, I renounce death, I renounce infirmity, I renounce migraines. Whatever it is you're going through that you need to just break off, you need to let go of, this is your time tonight to renounce. I renounce fear, you have no power. Someone said, what is number six? Let me find number six. Number six is go back and check that everything's gone. Go back and check everything's gone. I'll, I'll recap all of them after this, okay? So right now, renounce, renounce, renounce. Depression, anxiety, fear. All these things that are not God's will for your life, that are not God's plan for your life, you need to begin to renounce these things right now. If, you, if you're a compulsive liar, I renounce lying right now. I renounce lying. Come on, renounce it. Let it go. Let it go. Cheating. I renounce cheating. Idolatry. Adultery. Renounce it in Jesus' name. Adultery, you have no power. We renounce you. 
We come against you. We break you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, renounce it. Lust, perversion, confusion. We renounce you. And a lot of you are manifesting in the chat. As you guys can see right now, just keep renouncing it. Whatever you're renouncing, go ahead and type it in the chat. OCD, pride, fear, lying, laziness. Someone said demons are leaving me. Smoking. Come on, God is setting someone free from nicotine tonight. In Jesus' name. Lust, pride. Come on, adultery. Renounce it. Prayerlessness. That's a good one. Suicide, confusion. How about religion? I renounce that religious spirit that's been holding me down. Those man's traditions. I renounce it. I renounce it. I renounce it. Come on, renounce it right now. Now I want you to deal with unforgiveness. Whatever unforgiveness is there, mother, father, pastor, teacher, leader, aunt, uncle, cousin, whoever you have unforgiveness, a boss, an old boss, whoever you have unforgiveness towards, I want you right now, deal with the unforgiveness. I forgive you. Say their name. I forgive you, Paul. I forgive you, Peter. I forgive you, Jessica. I, I forgive you, Anne. I forgive you, Beth. Whatever it is. I forgive you, Alexandra. I forgive you, um, Valencia. Whatever the name is, just go ahead and say, I forgive them right now. Let it go. Let it go. God's going to release forgiveness. Father, we pray in Jesus' name that you release the power of forgiveness in Jesus' name. Lord, release the power of forgiveness in Jesus' name. Lord, right now, help them to forgive, Father. The Bible says that he's forgiven us, so we need to forgive them. Because the Lord's forgiven us, we need to forgive them. You got to do this. You got to do this. Forgive that pastor. Come on, type in the chat. Forgive them. This is mass deliverance. The devil hates this. The devil can't stop this. God is doing something right now. These demons are going to be homeless in Jesus' name. Forgive him. Forgive him. Come on. Keep forgiving him. Type it in the chat. I know people are saying shaking, vomiting. God's already delivering you. Some of you are getting, some of you are already getting delivered right now in the renouncing and in the forgiveness portion. You're already being delivered. You're already being set free. So just right now, forgive them. Forgive them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All right, we forgive them. Now we're going to confront the demons, okay? Exactly what I said. We're going to confront the demons. So I'm going to confront them. Then I'm going to go into step four. I'm going to start binding them, commanding them to go into the abyss. And obviously, I'm not with you guys, so I can't tell if the demons left or not. But we're going to do that. And then we're going to pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit of any empty spaces. Are you guys ready? Here we go. We come against every spirit of infirmity right now. You have no power. We come against you now, you lying spirit. Spirit of infirmity, come up. We know you're there. I command every unclean spirit that could hear my voice to come up right now. We know you're there. These people are not your home in Jesus' name. And tonight you are going to leave them. I command every unclean spirit to surface, to manifest, to come out of the mouth, to go into the abyss in Jesus' name. Right now, I bind every unclean spirit and I command these spirits, go into the abyss in Jesus' name. Go into the abyss in Jesus' name. Satan, you have no power. Come out of them right now. Out in Jesus' name. Out in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. Come out right now. Every spirit of witchcraft, come out now. Every spirit of perversion, come out now. Every spirit of unforgiveness, every spirit of anger, spirit of bitterness, come out. Spirit of lust, Come out right now. You have no power. You have no power. You're leaving in Jesus' name. You're not staying. They are not your home. Come out of them now. Come out of them now, Satan. You've lost. The Lord rebukes you. Come out right now. We bind you in Jesus' name. We bind you in Jesus' name. Satan, you are bound. We come against you right now. Every spirit must go in Jesus' mighty name. Every spirit must go in Jesus' mighty name. You lying devil, come out. Spirit of lying, envy, jealousy, out in Jesus' name. Out in Jesus' name. Someone said, I'm choking, I can't breathe. Let him go. Loose him. 
Loose them in Jesus' name. My ears are popping. Is that normal? Yes, that's normal. Out. Out in Jesus' name. Come out, you spirit of addiction. Come out, you spirit of religion. Come out now. Come out now. Arthritis, unforgiveness, infirmity. Out. Out. Confusion and perversion. Come out. Witchcraft. Come out. Suicide. Come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. You have no power. The Lord rebukes you. The Lord rebukes you. All lustful spirits, we command you, leave in Jesus' name. Someone said, I'm throwing up. Let it go. Let it out. Open your mouth and let it out. Every spirit, come out. The blood is against you, Satan. The power of God is against you, Satan. You've lost this battle. You've lost this battle. The Lord rebukes you. Come out. Come out. Come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. You have no power. Leave these people now. Father, I pray, send your angels to bring deliverance. Father, release them. Father, we pray that you would send your mighty angels to release deliverance, to release breakthrough, to release freedom over every house, over their children. Some of you are like that Syrophoenician woman. You've come to Jesus tonight. You say, Lord, deliver my kids, deliver my son, deliver my daughter. And I just pray right now, Lord, because of their faith, deliver their children in Jesus' name. Deliver their children in Jesus' name. Father, have your way. Have your way, Lord. Deliver their children in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I ask you to bring deliverance, to bring breakthrough, and to bring freedom in Jesus' mighty name. God, do what only you can do. Do what only you can do in Jesus' mighty name. Deliver our kids. Come on, right now. Spirit of heaviness, out in Jesus' name. Out in Jesus' name. Out in Jesus' name. Come out. My head is switching. I feel sick. God's delivering you right now. In Jesus' name. Satan, go. Satan, go. You have no power. Leave these people in Jesus' name. Leave these people in Jesus' name. You're bound. You've lost this battle. Come out. Come out, you unclean, foul spirits. Come out. You have no power. Come on, let them out. Out of the mouth, into the abyss. Out of the mouth, into the abyss. In Jesus' name, go. 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 Go in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Come on, right now. If you're getting deliverance, type one in the chat right now. If you're getting deliverance, type one in the chat. It's not going to stop when I stop. It's going to keep going. It's going to keep going. Holy Spirit, have your way. Lord, send your angels. Father, I pray you would do the work. I'm not doing anything. It's all you, Lord. I pray, Lord, you do the work. Do what only you can do in Jesus' mighty name. Do what only you can do in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Robo samba robo konda setemeke. Himba basombo do robo shamdala basamderebeke. Have your way, Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, set them free, Lord. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Look at all these ones in the chat, guys. Jesus' name, mass deliverance. In Jesus' name, freedom. Lord, free us tonight. Free us tonight. God, if there's anything in me, free me tonight, Lord. Deliver me tonight, Lord. Drive any unclean spirits out of me. Come on, guys. I'm not exempt. Lord, if there's any unclean spirits in me, I pray, Lord, you would drive them out in Jesus' name. I command any spirit in me to come out in Jesus' name. Come out in Jesus' name. You have no power over me, Satan. I come against every stronghold in the mind. In your mind, we shatter the strongholds in Jesus' name. And Father, I pray, lastly, fill them with the Holy Spirit. Lord, fill them with the Holy Spirit right now. Father, I pray over every nook and cranny, over every empty area that those demons have left, be filled with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Be filled with the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Lord, fill them, fill them, fill them, fill them. Come on, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. 
That house will not be empty. That house will be filled in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Spirit, fill every person. Holy Spirit, fill every person right now. Holy Ghost, have your way. Holy Spirit, fill them right now in Jesus' name. Father, we're asking you. You said if you being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more does the Heavenly Father want to give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? So tonight we say, Holy Spirit, fill us. Holy Spirit, fill us in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, guys. Give the Lord a shout of praise. God is moving. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for freeing us. We give you all the honor. We give you all the glory. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. What an awesome night tonight, guys. Wow. An hour and 30 minutes in. I haven't done a deliverance teaching in like, how many months has it been, guys? Three months? Four, three and a half months, maybe? Feels good to be preaching on deliverance, teaching on deliverance. I hope it helped you guys tonight. I want to challenge you guys. We're not done yet. I want to challenge you guys to sow into what God is doing. You can give right there on the screen. You can scan the QR code, IsaiahSaldivar.com slash partner. Venmo is at IsaiahSaldivar. PayPal.me slash IsaiahSaldivar. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.